You are listening to The Edge, a podcast for personal development junkies and visionaries living right at the precipice of, oh shit, meets fuck yeah. I'm Nadia Munda, an embodiment and relationship coach and a lover of all edges. Stick around to listen to raw, unpolished conversations where we explore our personal and collective edges in all their erotic glory. Today you are listening to a coaching episode. In these episodes, you get a little peek into what is normally a private space, my one-on-one coaching practice. This really gives you a glimpse into what it's like to be guided and held by me and will hopefully leave you with some key aha moments. Everyone who is coached here in these episodes has consented to publicizing these sessions and remains anonymous for the sake of confidentiality. Thank you so much for being here, and I'm truly honored to be supporting you today. So I thought maybe I would just drop us in first with a few breaths, with just a a chance to land together here into our space. Yes, sounds good. Thank you. Awesome. So wherever you are, just allowing yourself to soften your gaze or close your eyes, whatever feels better. And then slowly starting to fill up your entire body with air. So just imagining yourself filling yourself up like a vase and then emptying it all out like you're flushing out the day, you're flushing out anything that doesn't feel good, any contractions, any stagnant energy, and just continuing to play with that space of inviting in breath, inviting in inhale into different parts of your body that are asking for a little extra, a little extra breath, a little extra space, and then letting it all go and really feeling yourself melting, feeling every muscle relax into the support of your bones, the support of the floor or seat or whatever you are leaning into or sitting on and just continuing the circular motion of inhale and exhale where you flush out and then invite in knowing that all of that excess energy all of that static stagnant energy gets to just alchemize and turn into something else something that will fuel someone else, will fuel something else out there in nature. And then breathing in the energy from outside into your body like nourishment. Letting it fill you up, letting it expand you, letting it land you. And then breathing right into the center of your heart. And just taking a moment both with your mind's eye and also just with your sensations to notice 
what is percolating in your heart today? Perhaps first just with noticing if there's a color in that area of your body. And then noticing if there's a shape to the feeling that's present in your heart. And then maybe as though you've shrunk yourself really, really tiny and you're actually like a little teeny, 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 tiny fairy inside of your own chest. And you're just looking at your heart, noticing not just what color and what shape, but also maybe you walk up to it and you touch and you see what is the texture of this shape, this emotion. Just like a curious observer taking in anything that you see. And then when you feel ready to share what you have been observing, you're starting to bring that up into the space for us together. It may not make sense to your mind yet, that's okay, or it may totally make sense. You're just starting to bring forward anything that you are seeing. Yeah, um, I'm just really sad right now. Mm. And um, what's coming up is Oh, desperation, um, heaviness, um, and kind of like, yeah, crunchy, um, you know, folded heart. It's, um, it's, I guess it feels like it wants to hide, um, but yeah, mainly sadness and desperation. I can sense right now. So you're feeling that heaviness that comes with sadness and desperation and the color and shape that you're seeing in your heart feels like a sort of crunchy closing in. Is that yes. right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So just continuing to be with this little fairy version of yourself inside your body Perhaps you can, without trying to understand why the sadness is there, why the desperation is there, why the heaviness is there, perhaps you can just ask your heart what she needs. Um, but you know um, that there's hope. Um, and just a sense of faith, you know, um, that things improve or change um, because it feels like such a long time um, of in and out of this desperation and sadness. Yeah, I guess um, 
What does hope so feel like? Love of hope, yeah. On a somatic level, on a sensation level, what does hope actually feel like for you? I don't know that. Um, that was my question. So mm -hmm. I guess I would say it's it's an expansive feeling, but I don't really know how hope feels. Um, I, I know it cognitively, obviously. Um, I have no connection to it. Um, I imagine that doesn't feel so gloom and it doesn't feel um, tight and small. It feels expansive, but I have no idea. So. So if you, in this little fairy version of yourself, it's right there in your chest, by your heart, if you can offer your heart something right now in this moment that doesn't come from the outside, that isn't about circumstances, but right now in the contracted, folded, like, crunchy version of your heart or the shape that's in your heart. What do you feel will help expand and open this closed folded over shape? Like if you could do anything, like you could literally wave a magic wand, you can bring in any tool, you can use anything that you want, you can pull it in and help soothe this shape, what would you do? I would just um, put my hands around it and just um, keep it in my palms, warm it and just hold it. That's beautiful. Yeah. So really nurturing, taking care of, and like physically warming up this part. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and imagine doing that for a moment and take a few breaths into that. What does it feel like in your heart to be held by the warmth of an embrace? Noticing what is happening here. And when you feel ready, just sharing what's coming up for you. Yeah, I guess um, I feel heaviness in my um, heart. Mm -hmm. um, I guess... Um, it's more feeling like I don't trust this um, comes up. So I don't trust the holding, my own holding, I guess. Um, 
What's that feeling to not trust your own holding? Yeah. I don't, so I guess the sense is I, sh I should hold my own heart and it should, you know, when I think about it, it should feel that I have like a connection to it. But this is uh, too separate. You know, there's the hands that try to warm my heart, but my heart doesn't trust this. Um, yeah. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. Well, I would start by removing any shoulds. Yeah. Because where you are is perfect. And I don't mean that in the cliche, let's put it mm -hmm. on a bumper sticker on the car kind of way. I mean that our bodies, our nervous systems, always are doing something to serve us hmm. and so there's something about the clenching about the closing about the folding over that is serving you there's a protection mechanism there that is serving you and has served you there's a reason it exists and you're clearly wanting that to change because there's a desire for expansiveness. And so perhaps, as happens for all of us, when we are growing and wanting change, is sometimes our protective mechanisms grow old and they don't work anymore for us because mm. we're ready to find strength and power in a different way. And so, so far, this way of closing in and not trusting the holding has been a way to stay alive, to give you power, to give you strength. And something in you is saying, I don't want to do it that way anymore. And so there's a desire for something different. How does that feel? How does that land for you? Yeah, it sounds it sounds right. Um, it just feels um, this desire has been for such a long um, time, and um, those teen, tiny steps towards change. Um, I'm not sure. I don't trust it really. That that it's like a change that can last um, um yeah I can't really explain it better it's yeah, sort of like three steps forward and ten backwards um, yeah well now we're getting into the mind a little right which yeah. isn't incorrect yeah. I'm just yeah. noting it yes. there's nothing wrong yeah. with it and mm. what I would love to do is to just come back throughout our conversation today for you to just note what it feels like to bring that holding and that cupping and that cradling of your heart into your awareness. 
Mm. And slowing it down so much to see, is there a moment, even if it's just one tiny moment and then it just switches where you feel the embrace and you feel the goodness, the warmth before you go back into, oh, that's not safe to lean into. So I'm just wondering if that is an experience that you have when you slow down. So maybe we can go back in there and just see what happens. Okay. Knowing there's no right or wrong here, we're just curious. So you're feeling that crunchy, contracted heart. And then with your mind's eye, you're just starting to imagine these hands that come and slowly, lovingly, gently embrace your heart. And feeling what it's like to first be your own hands, your palms embracing your heart. What is the texture of your heart? What does it feel like? What's the temperature here? Is there a color that you see? What comes into my mind is, you know, those papers, those really, really thin, I think it's called pergament paper. <laughs> so as soon as you touch it, it's sort of... Um, Crunch, crunches mm -hmm. immediately. So I, I just had that. And picture. what's crunching the heart? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds like it needs more water. Yeah. Well, let's play with that. Let's imagine that. There's some source of water that you can bring in, whether it's that your hands are cupping a bunch of water in your hands, or maybe your hands come and they bring one of those you know, plant watering buckets and comes and starts pouring water. And just notice what happens. Yeah, I I feel I can um, glide with my fingers gently over the surface, um, and it gets more stretchy and not so crunchy anymore. Does it feel good for it to be more stretchy? It does. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, so feel free to add any more water to other spots there. Take as long as you need, just gliding over the surface. Yeah, I, I imagine coating the whole, not only the heart, the whole space yeah. in my chest. Um, 
And how does that feel? Um, I notice I can breathe easily, more easily when I imagine this. That's nice. That seems like a good thing. Let's try one more thing here. So love that we already are winning with feeling like you can breathe more and mm. now that there's a bit more moisture and water in this space let's see what it's like to be your heart so really take on the perspective of being your heart and receiving the holding of your own palms so what is it like to be touched held by your own palms, the warmth, the sensation of your skin, the sensation of being wrapped up. Yeah, letting, letting go, um... Feeling um, old. Feeling what? Um, yeah, how do you say caressed or hold? Um, oh, got it. Yeah, held. Yeah. Mm. Held, sorry. Mm. No worries. I just wanted to make sure you weren't saying cold. <laughs> no, not cold. Yeah. Cold. cold. Mm. Okay, yeah. Okay, so take one more breath into that feeling. And then you can let that go and imagine your little fairy self floating back out and move back into your full sized adult body here in the 3D. And let's let's pull back and talk a little bit about what came up here from a more cognitive side of things. So what I heard from you is that initially there is this crunchy sensation in your heart and there is a fear of trusting and holding, but that adding in some water, some moisture helped to loosen that a little bit, less crunchiness, more space to breathe. And there was this coating that came up that really helped with that, that then allowed you to at least have a few breaths where you felt you could sink into the holding. Did that feel right? Um, it does. Um, 
I notice my brain just starts to kick in and sort of searching for words. What is the, you know, what is the right way to describe it? Um, so I, I, this totally made sense, but I also noticed kind of when I observe myself that um, I really have difficulties staying within my heart and staying focused without my brain interrupting the process yeah so it almost feels like um not only can i hardly not only have i difficulty staying present in my heart like really staying present in my whole body um yeah it's a beautiful awareness mm -hmm. this is all true and it's amazing how self-aware you are of the moments where your mind is coming online and trying to take over and when you're feeling it difficult to stay in your your somatic experience and that's pretty normal right we are all humans with brains and our brains like to go and do all sorts of things and there's I mean that's the reason why I do the work that I do right is because our minds often come in and try to ruin the party so to speak where we are having a moment of peace or a moment of letting ourselves feel held and then the mind comes in and comes up with all the reasons why this is not safe and why I should be thinking about that and why I should be doing this and the truth is that staying more than a few seconds in your bodily sensation is simply a muscle that you get mm. to build Anyone can do it. And it's all about practice. So the same way when we first start, let's say, uh, holding our breath underwater. Initially, we can only go so much. And then the more we train and practice, the longer we can hold our breath, the easier it becomes. It's exactly the same thing here. We have to train our nervous system and in particular our fight flight response to mm. stay in regulation when it wants to go into fight flight freeze and so on right and so in situations like this when we go up into the mind right it's often a way where we are ejecting out of the present moment and out of the bodily sensation and we are either thinking about the past or we're thinking about the future so on a timeline we're going backwards or forwards but we're not right here in the moment and so the work just like meditation is to come back to the moment oh okay i had a moment where i was like oh like the past showed me that there's no way i should ever trust holding and like fuck this and da -da 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 -da. here are all the hundred times that i got you know, burnt because I trusted and that was a mistake. And right. So we're back in the past or, oh my God, if I trust this person in the future, or I trust myself to make this decision, what's going to happen. And then we go into worrying about the future. Again, what's happening. We're not in this present moment. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. There's also a third option, which I notice is my thing. Mm. 
mm-hmm. judgment of myself. So I usually so kind of listen to my own voice about myself. You know what I mean? It's, um, I don't know. I don't do it right. I don't hold myself. You sh- you know, I don't hold myself correctly. I've done so much, you know, therapy work. You, you should know by now how this all works. So it's it's not like really much going into the future. It's more like a total um, judgmental space of myself, which I notice, which brings me usually out of my, um, yeah, my body. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing in the flavor of uh what comes up for you so it's a flavor of self-criticism yeah got it and i imagine but i would love to hear more from you that the self-criticism and these assumptions you make about yourself these judgments you're making about yourself are based on something that's happened in the past no Hi, love. Just wanted to take a moment out of this conversation to let you know there are so many ways to start your embodiment and intimacy journey. It is not necessarily having to work privately in a coaching container with me. There is a whole page on NadiaMama.com under the tab self-study that is dedicated to anyone who's looking to just start their journey. So whether it's an embody at home class that you want to start to bring into your morning or evening routine to just move the energy, to explore your different feminine archetypes, or maybe it's something in the world of intimacy and sexuality. I've got master classes from everything around energetic sex to exploring monogamish type relationships and lots, lots more. So definitely go take a look at the page, nadiamala.com, and then go to the tab that's self-study. And for those of you who are here on this podcast listening, I've gotten so many DMs from beautiful devoted listeners sharing with me how much of an impact these conversations have had and I really just wanted to give back the love with a special 50% off code so if you go to the checkout on any of the classes that are there and you put in podcast love all one word in the coupon code on the check on the way out right you will get that 50% off as a thank you from me i am so fired up around the topic of embodiment and intimacy that i can't not nudge you in the direction of actually getting into the practices and that is the place to start so definitely go check that out and of course if you do want to work privately with me always that is always an option just shoot me an email nadia at nadiamunla.com let me know what you're looking for everything from you can start with a single session and if you let me know you're from the podcast I'll give you 50% off on that single session as well and so we can talk more about that over email so either dm me at nadiamunla.com on instagram or shoot me an email nadia at nadiamunla.com I will see you there now back to the episode. Well, I guess it's, I'm not sure which, but I, I guess it's the voice of someone, you know, I experienced as a child in my, in my past. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. It's like an introjected person, which, yeah. Well, um, I guess, 
I guess in addition to that, so yes, you're right. It always, the inner critic is always usually, is formed initially because of a adult figure that was in our life mm -hmm. that, um, but then we take it and it becomes, we feed the monster, so to speak, and it becomes bigger and actually has a much more critical voice than the original person. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's very, you know, that's sort of a pretty standard classic inner critic story. And I'm curious, like, what are some things, like, give me a very common phrase that you self-judge yourself with. Like, what would your inner critic say? Like, what's a very common thing that mm -hmm. she says? Yeah, you are not caring. Um... You actually have no empathy. Okay. Uh, yes. So you have no empathy. I'm Are not. You... Yeah, I'm not li uh, likable. Mm -hmm. And so, and I guess there's this fear. So the the flavor of criticism is. Um, I mean, I know where this comes from, but uh, the other sort of like a part above it is I judge this perpetrator in myself it's kind of weird um so i'm really having um difficulties just you know accepting this voice it's like an inner fight you know what i mean mm. um, i'm sort of am the perpetrator to myself and i'm judging you know that i'm a perpetrator if that makes sense yeah yeah it's sort of chicken egg catch 22 yeah. right it just goes in a circle and it feeds itself yeah yeah well I want to just backtrack a few moments back to when you said okay so your inner critic says things like you are not an empathetic person or you are not likable lovable yeah so let's just use one for the sake of simplicity you are not an empathetic person where where does that come from? Why do you think this voice thinks that you're not? Well, I guess, you know, somehow my, might have created this out of experience in the past, but also... I guess, you know, from a lot of heartbreak in my life, you know, where sort of a relationship ended and, you know, people left my life. So it's kind of like a general assumption. It must, you know, have something to do with myself. Yeah. Too much heartbreak. And it's, I guess it's easier to blame myself Um you know, to find a reason why then maybe, you know, feeling this total grief. Uh, of my never ending story, I guess, you know, for everyone, like um, relationship endings and endings of friendships. Um, yeah, so 
maybe it's like um, yeah it's easier to accept that it must be my fault than just you know um, grieving so I, I have no better explanation for it I don't know yeah yeah, I mean, what you're saying makes sense, right? Like there's a way in which it can feel a little bit easier to come to have there be someone to blame than to just not understand. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really get that. I usually blame God. <laughs> That's my thing. I'm like, fuck you. Um, <laughs> So we all have that we play the blame game. We either blame ourselves, we blame the person who we may who may not be in our lives anymore, or we blame life, God, universe, right? This unknown, untangible uh, energy, let's say. Mm. So, but we're all we're all we all go to blame because you're right it is easier somehow to come up with a finite answer, even if it's the one that is, oh, I'm horrible, I'm bad, but it's still finite. There's a level of control that we feel we have again when we're like, it's me, it's them, or it's God. Mm. But that's just a deep desire to have control. in a world where sometimes things don't make sense and sometimes things will be forever uncertain and we don't necessarily know and heartbreak happens and grief happens as a result of heartbreak. It's like, can we actually trust ourselves to hold ourselves through that human experience of the terrifying unknown and the terror that comes with heartbreak and grief. Mm. And this brings us right back to the holding of your heart. So to notice yourself when you're in the moments where the critic comes up and starts to talk about oh, you're this way or that way based on the past, that, oh, actually, first of all, I'm not being in this moment because the second I know the critic is saying anything, it means I'm in the past. So one, what do I need to do to come back into this moment? And then two, noticing, oh, there's, you know, from a place of empathy and compassion, Oh, there's this part of me that's terrified because there's no logic, there's no control here, there's no clarity or certainty. And so, of course, there's this closure happening, but what can I do? And how can I train myself on a somatic level to start to feel the sensation of being held? And maybe every time is a little bit longer, one more breath. The same way when you dive underwater and you're holding your breath, maybe each time it's one second longer. That's training. Mm 
And so that's all that you can do is to train yourself somatically. It doesn't have to make sense. The mind is going to come up with all sorts of reasons why and come up with, you know, collect evidence as to why you shouldn't trust anyone, not yourself, not other people, not life, right? Like that's always going to be happening. But when you feel it in your body, a moment of being held, two moments of being held, look at that. I just did five moments of being held. And like you continue to build on that, it's actually more efficient. Doing it through your body first relaxes your nervous system into believing a new story. Mm. But you can sit there and do all the mindset work you want and be convinced on a logical level why, okay, I want to be different. I know that, that da, da, and I, I want to be able to trust and I want to change this about myself. I don't want to always be criticizing myself. Beautiful. And you can sit there and go, you know, jump through all sorts of hoops around, you know, your mindset and your monkey mind. And, but if the nervous system is like, uh-uh, nope, then you're fighting a losing battle, which is why so many people get really frustrated on their personal development journey because they're going to therapy or they're taking the courses or maybe they're even doing certain mindset coaching, but they're like, wait a second. I don't feel like I'm like, I'm understanding what I'm, what my patterns are. I know where they come from. I know why I do them, but I still actually can't change my lived experience. Why? Why can I not change my lived experience? And then we think it's our fault. And then guess what? Now we're adding another layer to the inner critic. Oh, look, you're the broken person and you can not, you're never going to have it change. And it's like, well, that's not going to have us feel excited about trying again. Yeah, that's my story. I mean, I've been on the self-development therapy for, for decades and the body experience maybe like perhaps a year you know where I try really feel my feelings mm -hmm. but also the um, impatient kicks in you know what I mean it's like why is this taking so forever it feels like yeah it's teeny tiny steps um, and I don't feel like I'm making much improvement either on this side so mm -hmm. yeah I guess I also have no reference how it should feel or you know what I mean what the change is it's it's so not predictable so I have no it's like floating around and that's the point of trust you know I guess that's the point of the trust um how do I feel I'm you know I'm on the right path mm -hmm. if there's the right path I don't know um yeah that even those tiny you know tiny seconds underwater make the difference in my nervous system because right now I feel like yeah I've been feeling so many feelings it's like it's not getting me anywhere either so yeah 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 well sometimes you know the the the, the tricky thing about feeling our feelings is are we spiraling into the story and drowning in it because that's mm. one way to feel our feelings or are we going into a very intentional practice 
of putting aside story, putting aside details, putting aside the past, putting aside the future, and coming into Mm. the present moment, into our bodies, and doing the practice of holding our heart. In this case, right? Today's conversation is all about that. That is the somatic practice. So if I were to leave you today with something to go do, it would be change nothing else, but add in a daily practice. And it could be that practice, by the way, might be three seconds long. But every day where you take a moment to go back in to the space we went into today, Feel the crunchy heart business, feel the warm palms, water, you know, put the little coating back on because sometimes maybe it comes off and maybe the coating's already there and today it's like, oh, I'm even more thirsty. I need more water and you're just, you're just watering your heart. And sometimes you're going to be able to sit there in that experience for one breath. Sometimes it might be one minute, which means quite a lot of breaths. And maybe over time it becomes five minutes. With no sitting down. And then also knowing that there's you could be at five minutes and then the next day come back to one breath, right? It's not that it's always going to move forward. Like there is forward and back. That's actually very normal. It's sort of like suggesting if you look out into nature, oh, look, the flowers bloomed. It was so beautiful. Oh, my God. Oh, now it's fall and winter we're going backwards are we though Mm. we're not we're just going through a cycle and then there's going to be flowers again but we're moving forward it's just it's a deepening it's a spiraling in and so if you're going to feel like okay i just did five minutes oh my god look at me i'm a rock star i'm doing the thing that nadia told me to do woo and then you're like next day you're like fuck i can't i can't even do the practice i'm so triggered and uh, I can't even sit down to do it right tried to and I I just couldn't even take a breath before I just stood up and was like fuck this I don't want to do it right like does that mean you are regressing absolutely not it just means maybe it's fall or winter for a day or two that's okay great come back the next day try again see what happens but that would be the practice I would give you that I'm not saying it will solve all your problems till the end of time (laughs) Mm. Well, what a pity. <laughs> um, because like well, first of all, because we have one hour, but then also because like life, if we can accept, and this is maybe a whole nother podcast session, but if we can accept that our our human life is not meant to just be summer, that we are meant to have all these cycles and, and seasons, and that it's okay to have days where we feel completely disembodied and days where we feel very embodied and days where we are feeling, you know, connected to hope and then days where we feel in complete desperation and grief and heaviness. Like it's okay to be in all of these. And so that's going to happen no matter how quote unquote good we are in personal development, right? Or how many years we've been doing it. That cycle is going to happen no matter what. It does not matter what tools you have. It does not matter if you've been doing this your entire life. That's going to continue. So if we can accept that while also going, okay, what what can I do to support myself? And in this case, it happens to be truly an actual support exercise where you feel the holding and the support of yourself. And you start Mm -hmm. to build capacity to relax into it because the whole thing that came up today was 
I don't trust that holding. No. Right? And that I don't trust that holding comes because the inner critic comes in and starts to say shitty things. So of course you don't trust the holding because you're like, I don't trust myself because there's a part of myself that's saying all these horrible things about me. Mm -hmm. Right. So the more we can be in the practice of, okay, I'm not shutting out the inner critic completely. I honor that there's a protection mechanism there on some level. There's a reason why this voice has existed in the past. There's a reason why my heart is crunchy. And I'm going to put that aside for the practice, however long it is today. And I'm going to try to feel the holding. And I promise you, if you do it consistently, you will start to somatically trust the holding more. And when you somatically trust the holding more, it will ripple into the way that you see the world. It's a slow process. It doesn't happen overnight. But if you're consistent with it, it does start to shift things. Because I really believe this is not just me, Nadia, believing it. We know this from a lot of backed you know, science and studies that they've done that when your somatic experience is one way, but your mind is another way, the somatic wins. Mm -hmm. So if you're hunched over and you're curled up into a ball and you're like contracting everything and you're like, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. You don't feel awesome. You feel like shit because you're contracted. But if you're open and expansive and, and you feel your chest is beaming light out and you're like, I suck, you're not going to believe that you suck. So which one wins all the time? It's the body posture. It's the somatic sensations. It's not what you're saying. It's not the words. The words have a vibration. They have an energy. They do matter, but not they aren't as powerful as the body. And that's why I do the body work. Yeah. But I guess they influence the oh, body. For sure. Of course they do. Because when you start to say I suck, then what happens? You start to curl up into a ball. But if you say I suck and then you know that, oh, look, somatically I can be more powerful. And you're like, you know what? I'm having that thought. And also what it, what would it happen if I just kept my heart open? What would happen? Like literally just my, my heart space, I mean, right? Like my chest open, like I roll my shoulders back or I lay down on the floor and I just, this is my favorite thing to do is I collapse into like a starfish on the floor. Whenever I just want to crawl into a ball and just be like, I hate it, and it go away. I can't do this. I cannot. Right. It's like, I do the opposite. I lay down and I go, okay, what happens if I spread wide? Because on the floor, you have no other option. You, I mean, you can curl into a ball, but if you're literally trying to have your back, all of your back body on the floor and you just are wide open, that's usually when the grief then comes up and moves through, but that's better than the protection mechanism. That's better than the curling up and closing and saying, I suck, because now you're just feeling, you know, the truth of what's happening in your heart, which is still more open than saying mm -hmm. like, you're not empathetic or you're not lovable. Yeah. It's, I guess it's different. I, I sort of hold it, you know, all this grief and, you know, horrible feelings which gush or rush through my body. Um, it's a different scenario to actually not melt into that, because just do the quite opposite, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And still observe, I guess, you know, the grief which is there. But, um, 
put the body into an opposite direction. I have, I guess my instinct would be, I just want to melt into a ball and crawl onto, you know, onto under my blanket. So I'd, I wouldn't lie on my floor like a starfish. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, yeah. So I hear you. I mean, I crawl into balls all the time and then I go, wait a second, is this the best thing to do? <laughs> and then I go on starfish. And so the, what we're trying to do here is to break a body pattern. Yeah. Okay. And this is going to be just, it's going to bring up stuff. Like it's, this is not the end of the journey, obviously, but I want you to start there and see what happens, play with it. And there's going to mm -hmm. be days where you can't even get into a starfish. It's too much. That's okay. I, I'm also bringing in the permission to be like, you're human. There's days it's going to work. There's days where you're not going to want to do it. But as long as you keep coming back to the commitment to try, that's it. Just come back to the commitment to try to hold your own heart, to try to starfish, to try to break the pattern um, from a place of love. Like, actually, this is loving for me to try out to see if I can shift this. Because then mm. that ripples into everything, whether it's something happening you know, whatever the actual details of your, of your life are. This is a practice across the board that will help with all these pieces and will help you start to, to trust your own holding more. Yeah, I like that. Um, because so far I've just went with the emotions and I, you know, just thought, okay, when I can hold my emotions, that's the path of, healing but it's actually quite the opposite what you describe mm. you know it's it's holding the emotions but also you know not going with them as you described so doing um yeah more opening than closing down yeah I mean, it's, it's yeah i'm not yeah i sort of i, I can, it doesn't make even sense in my Mm -hmm. right. I can't really, you know what I mean because yeah it's so used like well when I feel grief you know I, I want to grieve why should I do the opposite <laughs> it's it's like gaslighting myself but I guess no it's not because you know somatically brain and body are opposite is that the case well so here's here. I'm glad that you brought up the gaslighting piece because this is important. So here's the difference. There is a way in which if you override or deny your experience and your emotions completely, that that of course is also not healthy. Like I'm not suggesting, Hey, you feel grief. I'm just going to pretend I don't feel grief. No. Mm -hmm. Instead, what I'm inviting you into is a dual experience of holding two things at the same time. It's a dual perspective. And we did this in the exercise where yeah. you were the perspective of your heart being held and you were also the perspective of your hands holding. So mm. you were the one being held and you were the one holding in both. And that is a muscle that when you build that makes it a lot easier to go, oh, I'm grieving. Okay, how can I be in the experience of, of grief and let myself be held? And how can I be the one that holds the person grieving? Mm. 
Mm. You are both. And you get to oscillate between both perspectives and be in both experiences because we don't want to deny the part of you that's grieving. We just also want to come in with somatic support on how to hold the part of you that's grieving so that you're not so deeply in the experience of being the heart that's grieving. You're also the experience of holding the heart that's grieving. That gives you power. Because yeah. if you're just the heart that's grieving, you can drown under the weight of that grief. But mm -hmm. if you also come in and hold yourself, you're connecting somatically to the part of you that's powerful, the part of you that has the love and the holding and the support, the part of you that feels like structure, that feels like bones stacking on top of each other. There's a very part, and these are, again, the words don't, are, are hard to represent the somatic experiencing. But if you can be in that dual perspective, now you are so fucking powerful. Because that is, when people talk about sacred union, that is actually sacred union of both of our polarities. It's the internal experience of being our feminine and our masculine at the same time, being the watery emotions and also being the container that's holding and loving. Both mm -hmm. are happening at the same time. But yes, of course, we go so much into the water, we just turn into a puddle and then we don't even know where we begin or where we end or how we're supposed to move through the world because we have nothing that's holding the water. It's just like a puddle. But then also, if you are just the structure, then what happens? You're the crunchy heart that's made out of parchment paper and you're like, that's not necessarily powerful because actually if you step on that, it can sort of all just, it's not the strongest. It's not like a metal, you know, it's, it's actually very fragile, but you added that water and what you were calling, um, oh my God, now I'm forgetting. What, what did we call it? Not like, like a surf, but like a covering. What was the word that we oh, were just using? A coating, exactly. A coating, right? Like that coating is like a soft but protective layer that actually, if you stepped on something squishy, it has a lot more resilience than something crunchy, which will fall apart. Mm -hmm. So it's really about holding that dual perspective. And I'm giving you something right now, like we are going into some pretty advanced somatic work, but it's coming up because clearly you're ready for it. And if nothing yeah. else, we're planting the seed. <laughs> yes. It's, yeah, I just feel like it's sort of like an integration process of, as you describe it, you know, holding the whole emotions and grief was one, mm -hmm. you know, one thing. Mm -hmm. And be, before I was able to access the emotions, I was very logical and more yeah. continuous, so more masculine, I guess, and logical. And so I experienced you know, this whole topic of um, polarity opened the Pandora of emotions within the last year, but I guess you sort of bring it together into, okay, so these are two sides and now I'm the kind of melting them together because just being in one or the opposite doesn't really work. And yeah, it, it, um, it makes sense now, <laughs> you know, I guess it's, 
a tool I haven't really um, practiced yet in this. I thought just feeling emotions would be the path of healing, you know. Um, but this, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Is there another piece? No, that's it. Sorry, I'm grasping for words. You know, my yeah. my English is a little bit rusty. So yeah, you did, you did great. And <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna leave you with this practice. Uh, see, you know, I trust that you will integrate it when it's time. I highly recommend at least writing it down so that sometimes, mm. you know, we something comes into our consciousness through a conversation with someone or a coach, and then we. Uh, write it down and forget or we're not ready and then maybe a year later we're flipping through the journal and we're like oh oh I'm now ready to do this right so it's like I there's many times where that's happened for me where I hear something I agree with it and something in my body's like I'm not ready yet you know or I need mm. more time and then I completely forget about it and I always trust it comes back when it's same thing with quotes you know sometimes I write quotes down or I write my own writing and then I come back to it and I'm like oh <laughs> so I'm just I think that you know today's planting the seed and and perhaps tomorrow you start and perhaps it starts next year and perhaps it starts later than that I don't know and I I just trust that it will happen when it needs to but I would at least write it down and see if you can play around with it a little bit and uh, see what happens. Yeah, nothing. I actually start tomorrow, so I don't want to just write it down. I great. You know, I, 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 you know, the sense of desperation of like, you know, I just want to feel better, and the tools I sort of used weren't really doing the job well so yeah I, I really look forward to actually um, changing a little bit of my sensations around and yeah thanks welcome such beautiful work today can't wait to hear how it unfolds yeah thank you Nadia I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. We would love for you to rate and review the show. And I'd love to know your takeaways from the episode. You can do that by DMing me on Instagram at Nadia Munla.